Welcome to Ditch the Classroom. This is your host, Ariana Vernier, and I'm so excited that you're here. I'm a teacher turned business coach who is so passionate about helping fellow mamas like you ditch the classroom and pursue your big, hairy, scary dreams. Imagine a life where you could still impact the world, but do so while following your passions and spending more time with your babies. In Ditch the Classroom, we'll explore ways you can do just that. Myself, guest experts, and amazing teachers who have also built a successful business will share tools, tips, and resources to help you ditch the classroom too. Are you ready? Here we go. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 19 of the Ditch the Classroom podcast. Super excited today. We have the awesome Kate Taylor. She is was a teacher for 20 years, and she is now an online business manager, also known as an OBM. So welcome, Kate. I'm super excited to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here, too. Awesome. So I kind of like to start these guest episodes with just you sharing your story of how you got into teaching, what you taught, and kind of all the things just so we can kind of get to know you better. Sure. So I was a science teacher for nearly 20 years and I taught secondary school. So in the UK, that's 11 to 16 year olds. And I taught them um, biology, chemistry and physics. And I taught all the different year groups. So I think that's a little bit different how you do it in the States. So I taught, you know, from 11 to 16 and it was really fun and I really enjoyed it. I um, did biological science at university, thoroughly loved my science, like really enjoyed science. And when I left, I wasn't really sure what to do. I wasn't one of those people who always wanted to be a teacher. But when I look back, I realized that I, I should have been a teacher. Um, but I went into doing research work in a lab, which I didn't really enjoy. It was really quiet. You worked on your own a lot. And I just found I missed talking to people a lot. So I actually left that and went to do my teaching certificate and took a year to do that and thoroughly fell in love with it. It was such a passion for me. I love teaching. I really enjoyed being with the students and I enjoyed, it keeps you young when you work with students, definitely. Yeah. So I really, really enjoyed that. And I enjoyed teaching them about science. For me, it's such a fantastic subject. There's so much they can learn and you can bring so much of the everyday world into it that I absolutely loved it. It became a real passion and I loved doing CPD. So I was always reading books about teaching. I was always learning like the new tech tools. I absolutely loved um, teaching. So yeah, and I did it for 20 years. I worked in two different schools. So I was in my first school for about 16 years and then in my second school for two years. So didn't really move around a lot, but thoroughly loved the experience. That's awesome. That's really cool that you taught science. I was a kindergarten teacher, so we did a little bit of science, and I always loved, you know, how hands-on that subject could be. That was always one of my favorites. Yeah, especially with little ones as well. I should imagine that's so much fun. And when they have that moment of realization or understanding, it's such a cool thing to share with them. Yeah, definitely. So what kind of led you to want to ditch the classroom and start doing your own business? So at some point, well, I know when it happened, I was going to say at some point, but I had my son and it's a, f a fairly familiar story. So I had a little boy and we'd wanted children for so long and it was such a joy. 
and going back to work was really difficult. I did okay for a few years. um, And then I dropped my hours and became part-time, which made life a bit better. But I just began to feel more and more that I was putting other people's children in front of my own. And we would have to rush out of the house at half past seven in the morning. So I drag him out of bed and have to kind of bully him into eating his breakfast and getting ready so that we could get out on time. And um, I miss so many things that he did at school. So things like sports days and carol services, or he plays the drums. So I used to sometimes not always see him performing. And it just really hurt because I wanted to be a mum for so long that when I finally became one, I wasn't being the sort of mum that I wanted to be. Mm-hmm. And often I couldn't do stuff with him because I had work to do, because as you know, with a te- being a teacher, the work is never ending. There's always stuff to do. And it can be hard to put those boundaries in place sometimes. So I just found that we were always rushing. Everything was a rush. So we'd rush out of the door in the morning and then I'd, I'd have to send him to a childminders after school. And then I'd pick him up and rush in to get dinner and then rush to get him into bed. And it was always just rush, rush, rush. And I got really tired of always rushing. And I just began to resent teaching. I didn't love it anymore. I didn't feel passionate about it anymore because it was getting in the way of me spending time with my son. So I think it took quite a long time, but over a couple of years, I just really, really began to resent it and didn't find the joy that I used to find. So that's when I started to sort of look around for other things to do and began to think, maybe there is more than I can do. Because when you're a teacher, it's really hard sometimes to look around and think there's anything else that you can do. You feel very much just like I'm a teacher. That's the only skills I've got. Nobody else is going to want to employ me. You know, it's fairly classic, I think. Yes. Yes, definitely. I relate to your story so much because mine's pretty much exactly the same. I was teaching. And then when I got pregnant with my daughter, I was like, I don't think I can be the mom I want to be when I'm taking care of 20 other children all day. Like, how am I supposed to come home and have the energy for her? So I definitely relate to your story. Yeah. And you kind of use all your patience up on the kids at school. So by the time you get home, you can be a bit cross and a bit grumpy. So, yeah. Yeah. So I started to look at different sort of different opportunities outside of the classroom. Um, I didn't want to go and just get another job because I didn't want to have to put him into holiday clubs during the holidays. Our summer holiday, that was one of the best things about being a teacher was having that six week summer holiday with him. And I didn't want to go into another job where I just ended up putting him into childcare over the summer holidays. Um, So I started to look at different opportunities. And once you start looking, it's like this whole world opens up to you. You suddenly stumble across like some business podcast or a book and it just opens up this whole world I didn't even know existed. So I started to do that. (laughs) Awesome. So what would you say was one of the biggest things that you had to overcome in moving from being a teacher and then into owning your own business yeah I didn't I didn't really expect it was going to take off I didn't think I'd be very good at it I thought that you know being a teacher there wouldn't I wouldn't have those skills but once I actually started looking and I legitimately googled I think everybody does how to make money from home (laughs) I think that's like how everybody gets started on this journey yeah and 
I did try some other stuff. So I had a little like I had this idea I was going to do a mum blog and it was going to be brilliant. And I decided that I would set all that up and run it on the side. And it turns out I didn't really enjoy that. <laughs> it didn't really take off. I did the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh, I haven't made my fortune yet. What? <laughs> so that didn't last very long. And then I tried um, doing like a little science workshop where I'd get kids in and we'd do like experiments and make slime. And that was really good. Um, but it was really hard work for not that much money. So that's kind of still still there but because of covid obviously we couldn't carry on with that so i did think of that as well and then i stumbled across virtual assistant and i was like oh what's this and i started googling it and once i realized i was like oh i could do this because i'm quite techy it's like i could yeah i could definitely do that so i started i tend to once i discover something i learn everything i can about it like i'll spend hours googling so I found out all I could about it. And I said to my husband, oh, I've seen this thing. I think I might give it a go. And he's like, OK, um, but I had no intention of actually giving up teaching anytime soon. Um, so I started um, that. And because I'm a, a, a lifelong learner, I immediately took a course. So that was kind of what got me going. And it was really scary because it seemed so much money at the time. To inv- I'd never invested in myself in the same way before. Um, so to kind of spend that much money on a course was quite scary and um, but I did it and it was the best thing I've ever done yeah I think a lot of women uh, I know a lot of women that I've worked with feel the same way and I felt the same way too like I think as mothers too we're used to you know giving all that we can to our children and like making sure our our home is happy and it's hard to like think about making yourself happy, but investing in yourself and teaching yourself skills that will lead to a career that just brings you more joy helps everybody because happy mom, happy wife, happy life. Like You're so right. Yeah. <laughs> you are so. And my husband even said to me at some point, he was like, teaching is killing you. And if you carry on doing it for much longer, there's going to be nothing of you left. Mm-hmm. and because you do have to give so much and so I invested in the course within about three weeks I had a client and I couldn't believe it and I was like you're gonna pay me just to like write some emails for you and and do this stuff and yeah. it was fantastic I didn't realize that people would pay me to do stuff like that and at each step of the journey it would be like oh I need to put a proposal together how do I do that so I'd quickly look in the course and learn how to do that and and I was literally learning as I was going along just quickly like googling stuff and um, it kind of snowballed after that and I steadily got more and more clients as I went along I was doing all the things like everybody does so I was doing a bit of email writing I was doing some social media I was doing some Canva graphics just I would say yes to anything mm-hmm. um, and that happened for about a year I was carrying along doing that and uh, I really enjoyed the work I got really a lot of enjoyment out of helping other people build their businesses so I started to niche down a bit and work with Teachers Pay Teachers, which I think, again, is fairly classic for teachers who leave the classroom. Yeah. So I started working with them and really, really enjoy that. In fact, I still work with quite a lot of them at the moment. I've still got some of my original clients that I work with. That's awesome. And, um, yeah, I've just really enjoyed that part of it. So I've been talking for ages. No, no, you're fine. I think that it's really cool. Um 
I don't know if a lot of people who are listening to this podcast know that if you become a virtual assistant and a freelancer, you can still you can still be in touch with the teacher community, specifically with Teachers Pay Teachers. If you want to serve clients in that field, I'm sure there's so many things that you can help them with if you've already been teaching. So I think that's really cool. Thank you for sharing that. That's okay. It is, it's really helpful. And of course, you understand education, you understand um, what the terms mean. So it's quite easy to to help out without too much help. Yeah. And um, yeah, so I was doing that and I thought, oh, I'll leave teaching. I'll build the business up and I'll leave teaching in like three years, four years, something like that. And so I'd been doing this for about a year and then thinking, yeah, I'll leave, I'll build up my business, get really established, leave in about four years' time. That'll be great. And then COVID hit us in March and we all started having to work from home. And so I didn't have to commute to work anymore. The work was definitely easier because we were setting work online. We were setting it online, but it was just easier. There was we were spending less time working. Um, it was more manageable. So I had a bit more free time. And so I just spent all that time on my business and really enjoyed having time with my son and time with my husband. And I remember saying, oh, is this what life feels like for normal people who aren't (laughs) teachers? And it was like that pressure being taken off your shoulders, that weight being lifted. And it just felt amazing. And so I kind of thought, I don't know that I can go back. When, When schools go back, I don't want to go back. So we we went into lockdown in March. In April, one of my clients, I said something to one of my clients about it. So he wrote a um, Facebook post in one of the groups he's in just recommending me. And I got so many new clients. It made me realize that I could actually replace my teaching income quite easily because I signed up so many new clients so quickly. I thought, I can actually do this. I can replace my teaching income. So I handed my notice in in May and um, left officially in August this year and have been doing this ever since and haven't looked back once. I absolutely love it. Leaving, handing my notice in and writing that resignation letter was the scariest thing I have ever done. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I had to get my um, son to press the send button on the email. (laughs) I couldn't send it myself. So he just walked over to my laptop and went, click, it's done. (laughs) That is so awesome. I'm happy for you. Like major congratulations to you that you were able to build it so quickly and leave so quickly. I think that's that's amazing. Oh, thank you. It was the timing for me. I was really lucky with the way the timing worked out and and the push that COVID gave me just to have that reflection time and that time to put into my business. It just meant that I could, yeah, could build it up at, to a point where I I hadn't quite replaced my teaching salary, but I could see that I would with a yeah. bit more time available to work. So, and, yes. And sometimes the time that you're saving not being a teacher is worth your income dropping for a little bit, you know. Definitely. I've always been about that, to be honest. I've always said it's not about the money. It's about the time as well with teaching. That's why I never really wanted to take on any more responsibility. I'd, I'd done when I I was teaching, I became like head of department and I did different roles within the school, but it just took me away from home more. So by the time I left teaching, I was just a kind of everyday classroom teacher with no responsibilities because I didn't want to spend the extra time at school. Yeah, definitely. 
So I know that you are an online business manager and I know what that means, um, but would you take a minute to just explain to the listeners what, what that means, what types of services you provide and kind of all of that? Okay, yeah. So I started realizing that the skills I had were very much um, geared towards being an OBM. And so I started my OBM, gosh, I can't remember, but it basically takes about three months to do. And I became certified in November this year. So I've just certified. And what an online business manager does, it's it's many things, but it's very similar to a project manager or a system specialist. We're all about kind of operations and running the back end of the business. So we go in and we help business owners with kind of being their right-hand person. So if you uh, were a shop owner, it might be the person who manages the shop. It's that kind of role where you're doing all the things. So we we set up systems. We might recruit people. So some clients have had me recruit team members. So you can do all the you know advertising and the recruitment and, and monitoring and checking all of that. So we, we can do that. And like I say, setting up systems is the real big one. We make sure that businesses run on systems, not people. So we go in and we set up what are called SOPs, which are standard operating procedures. And it basically just walks somebody through how to do a certain task. So it might be scheduling social media and we go through step by step and say how it's done. And the idea is that the business will run whether the people are there or not. So the people can change, but the business still runs. And that's very much about what online business managers do. But it's really, really wide. I mean, they can help with launching a product as well. They might put a plan together to launch a product. They might track metrics. That's why I like it so much because there's so many different things to do. It's never the same thing over and over again. Yeah, yeah. that good good variety. So, So as far as setting up systems... I think everybody should do that in their business, whether they're making six figures or whether they're just starting their business. So how can setting up systems early on in your business help people? Oh, I'm so glad you said that because it's so important. And the thing that I wish I could go back and tell myself now is set the systems up as if you're successful now and as if you're fully booked out now. Because having those systems in place just makes life so much easier. And like I said before, the first time through when I was onboarding a new client, I'd be scrabbling. I'd be scrabbling for emails to send. I'd be scrabbling for the contract. I wouldn't know where to find things. I didn't have like a clear system. If you have a system you don't have to think about it anymore. So you get a new client, everything is set up. You've got an onboarding checklist. You just work your way through and you know that you've covered everything. And not only that, because you've thought about it, you can make it really, really high quality. So when I get a new client, I work my way through, I check stuff off and it means that they're getting a really good onboarding experience. They're going to feel really well looked after, really well taken care of. And the fact that they've invested in me, they'll feel confident that they've made a good choice because as soon as they sign, they're going to start getting emails and information and everything that they need to feel really taken care of. And I haven't had to do anything. I've literally like clicked a button and it all just happens automatically. So yeah, having systems in place allows you to scale so much faster than if you're trying to do it from scratch every time. So yeah, I would recommend set it up once, 
don't have to do it again. Yeah, that's something I did right from the beginning. I didn't even know this was a thing, but I very quickly went into website design for my clients and I found every time I was setting up a website, I was like, okay, I need to go watch a tutorial video of how to do all the settings again because I don't remember. And so I just started making a list of every single step that I took. And now I can get all those settings done in like less than an hour um, where it used to take me hours. And so that that whole process is really important to start off even with your first client, and then you can build on it and add steps to make them feel more loved on over time. Definitely. And that's the thing, like you said, with the checklist, if you're doing that every time, that's that's time that you're wasting. That's time you could be earning money or time you could be having fun with your friends and family. So I always say, if you're going to do it more than once, then you should have a system and a step for it. It should be in there because yeah. it just saves time and it makes you more efficient. Definitely. So, yeah, definitely. So what is your favorite program to use for setting up systems? Oh, I've got a couple. I use, and that's the other thing, just decide on a system. A lot of people, if you're a bit techie, you will like flip from one to another to another. (laughs) And you'll think that one's better than another. And if they aren't, you'll find the one that fits you. Just stick with it. So I use ClickUp for my project management and I run everything in there. And then I use Dubsado to manage my clients. And Dubsado is like a customer resource management. So you can send invoices, you can send forms, you can send contracts, you can communicate with your clients, they can book calls with you, and it can all be automated as well. So yes. Yeah, Dubsado is the best thing ever. I know. I use it for my website design business and I absolutely am obsessed with it. I didn't start off with it. Um, For those listening, if you're kind of wanting to save money, Dubsado can be a little pricey. Um, So there are like free different platforms that you can use. But the thing about Dubsado is they it's all incorporated into one. So you're not switching between a bunch of different free websites. It's all in one place. So something that really to consider investing in um, as you go forward. Yeah. And they're great as well, because you can have three clients for free. Mm-hmm. So you can properly use it and get a feel for it and, and have those clients. So it's not like one where you only get a time period, you can use it for quite a while before. Um, you have to pay for it. And like I say, it's all in one place, which is great. Yeah. And yeah, that you saying that as well, if you're, if you get the first three clients free, then you're getting paid by those clients. So you can use part of your earnings to pay for the Dubsado membership and then it's totally worth it. So. Yeah. And it can, it's a bit of a learning curve setting up Dubsado. I wouldn't, it's not the easiest one to set up, but to do the basic stuff is, is pretty good. And it's just so automated now. And somebody can be, you know, signed up and booked in and I haven't really had to do very much. I literally like start a workflow and it's done. Yeah. That's awesome. That's really cool. So are there any resources that really helped you take the leap out of teaching? Um, For me, the one that really, there were two things that got me out of teaching and it was the VA course that I took that just gave me the confidence because I'd seen so many other people do it through that, that it made me realize that I could do it. Mm -hmm. And also podcasts. Oh my goodness. Podcasts were just, they were the thing that really made me leap because I heard so many inspiring people talk on podcasts about how you know they were in a certain position and they left and 
took on this and got their own business going. That for me, I used to listen to them in the car on the way to work. I'd binge on podcasts and I would learn so much and be so inspired by the time I got to work that I couldn't wait to finish so that I could go back in my car and listen to some more, <laughs> calling it car adversity because I learned so much about like, I love that well. so much. Yeah, I've totally borrowed that from somebody else. I don't know who. I heard it somewhere else and I was like, yeah, definitely. Because <laughs> I just learned about this whole new world that I had no idea about. Like if you just said to me, you know, KPIs and funnels and launches a year ago, I wouldn't have had a clue. But now it's kind of my language and I absolutely love it. Yeah, I think that podcasts are a really good tool because they're free too. So if you're not ready quite at that investment level yet, then podcasts is definitely the way to get your kind, kind of get your feet wet and start learning the ropes. Yeah. And um, I would say, you know, there is a certain point where you have to stop listening and start doing and you can get a bit caught up with just listening and downloading freebies. And a lot of people say they want to do what we're doing, but they don't actually ever kind of take the action. That's the only difference between us and um, people who haven't is we just do stuff that make, you know, you have to take little steps every day towards what you want to achieve and just do it. Yeah, and it can be scary as hell, but it's worth doing. (laughs) So scary, (laughs) but totally possible. Yes. So can you kind of tell us what your average day looks like now, now that you're not in the classroom anymore? Yeah, it's, oh, it's lovely. (laughs) It's really nice. It's slow. And that's the main difference for me. It's really slow. So I wake up without an alarm clock now. I don't have to worry about rushing out of bed in the morning. And I, I get up and I, my son sometimes up before me because like I said, I don't have an alarm clock now. It's, it's a few minutes, but sometimes he gets up before me and I make his breakfast. Unfortunately, my husband still has to leave for work quite early. So he's still out of the house fairly early, but yeah, we have breakfast together and then we get ready for school. But what's lovely is there's time to talk and play and just hang out with him. Mm-hmm. before we go to school and it's such a precious time because it's quiet usually and you know the day's just starting so yeah we hang out and then I walk him to school in the morning because his school's just literally kind of down the road so I walk him to school and drop him off and it's lovely because I never got to do that before I was never ever able to take him to school Aww. so I do that and then I head home and I usually do a few chores first thing in the morning get that out the way And I start work about half past nine. I'm at my desk about half past nine. And then I work for a couple of hours. And then because I'm home all the time now, obviously we got a puppy because that's (laughs) what you do. (laughs) Um, So about half 11, I take the dog over to um, the fields for a bit of a walk and a bit of play, head back, work for a little bit more, and then finish up by three o'clock so that I can go and pick up my son And then bring him home from school again, play about, do some stuff with him, fix dinner. It's all really leisurely. That's the difference. It's just really leisurely. And if I don't want to work, I don't have to. I'll catch up at some point. But for example, yesterday, I uh, popped into town and did a little bit of shopping while it was quiet because I could. So I went, you know, dropped him off at school, went into town, did some shopping, felt very naughty. (laughs) <laughs> for being out and then came home and, and did some work and 
that's the thing I can choose if I want to do some work in the evening instead then I can and yeah it's having that freedom and flexibility I still can't quite believe that it's happening yeah it's crazy like to imagine just imagining myself a couple years ago getting paid to do what I'm doing now like I would have thought you were on some drugs telling me I could get paid to do what I do now so I totally totally understand I love having my mornings to myself and my daughter just spend time with her not feeling rushed to do anything I can so so relate to you yeah it's just lovely and they grow up so fast that you. you just want to grab every moment you can well I do I want you know just grab every moment you can with them because before long he's not going to want to hang out with me he's yep. going to be a moody teenager probably <laughs> and um yeah so it's a really precious time yep. and it's lovely to take advantage of it yes my daughter is 18 months almost and she oh. I just on my Facebook memories I've been seeing pictures of her from a year ago and I'm like I can't believe you've already grown that much it's crazy oh, at least you get to be at home with her now you've got no, a long time with her. It's amazing. Yes, definitely. Yay. So if someone wanted to start their Ditch the Classroom journey, but they just felt too overwhelmed, what would you tell them? I would say start to learn about what you want to do, like learn some of the different roles, see where you think you might fit, and then make a plan, like make a three-month plan of how where you want to be in three months' time mm-hmm. and what tangible steps you can take towards that that's my obm side coming out we do a lot of project planning for people so it's like you know work backwards and and work out what you need to do to get to the point you want to be in three months time obviously you probably you're not you might not be ready to ditch the classroom in three months but work out what action you can do to move you on that journey so just have a real tangible goal and stick to it just do something little every day and have your plan and just stick to it and just keep taking action because it's so doable yeah I don't even have anything to add to that you said everything (laughs) (laughs) that's perfect (laughs) it's just yeah you just have to keep doing little things and I would recommend joining a program or getting some support with it definitely and and you know listen to some podcasts see who you vibe with join some Facebook groups and just take the plunge yeah and get some support because that's what moved me forward definitely I agree so do you have any resources that you would like to share with my listeners that would kind of help them in starting their new business Sure. I've got um, a couple of things that they can check out. I have a business hub on Trello. Trello, if you don't know, is a project management tool. And the business hub is a place where you can keep all your resources and things that you need on a regular basis so that you're not looking for them. It keeps everything like your logos and your brand colors and everything you need in one place so that you don't have to spend hours looking for things. And I'll also have a client onboarding workflow so they can see I'm going to share my onboarding workflow with them so they can see what I do for clients. And those will be available on my website. Well, that's awesome. Instagram. Yeah, I really appreciate you sharing that with my listeners. Um, So if you're listening, I'll have the links for those in the show notes so you can make sure you grab those. And then... Yeah, where can people connect with you? Because I already love you and I know they're going to. And so where can people find you and just yeah, connect with you? 
you're so sweet thank you um i'm on instagram i like being on instagram i think it's a great platform to just talk to people and chat to people i love chatting to people so if you want to send me a message i'm absolutely fine with that it's at kate taylor obm and then my website is katejtaylor.com so yeah send me a message because like i say it's lovely to get to talk to people all across the world yeah and being being an entrepreneur can be a little bit lonely. So connecting with people online just makes it even more fun. So, yeah, Do you know, I've met the best people since doing this. I absolutely love the community that I've met. I've made some amazing friends, like I say, all over the world, in New Zealand and in America and here in the UK. And it's just amazing to be on that journey. And every single one of them is so supportive. And like they'll share resources with me, even though we might be having the same, you're looking for the same clients. There's no competition. It's all about like collaboration and helping each other because I think everybody realizes there's enough to go around and it's just such an amazing community. So I'm so thankful to be part of it. I agree. Well, I am so thankful to have met you and to have had you on. I really appreciate you coming on oh thank you so much it's been an absolute pleasure all right guys i hope you enjoyed this episode like i said go show kate some love on her instagram thank her for coming on and as always you can reach out to me at ariana.vernier and i'll see you on next week's episode thanks so much for hanging out with me today Before you go, make sure you take a minute to subscribe to the show, leave a rating and review, and check out the show notes for a free gift to help you ditch the classroom. If you loved today's episode, can you help me share the message by taking a screenshot, tagging me on Instagram at ariana.vernier, and sharing it with your friends so we can help more mamas ditch the classroom and follow their dreams. Until next week, y'all, keep following the dreams that were placed in your heart so you too can ditch the classroom.